0: Last time on Dice Funk.
1: Yeah, so you guys didn't want to be in Aaron's experiment, so he went to Luna, and Luna thinks his experiment is going to help him be immortal.
2: Thanks, Reese.
1: Uh, Ed is unconscious. He summons up what little power he has left and uses a torrential spout of blood to blast Ed off the stage, and he slams into the wall, crumples into a heap on the floor.
3: Every part of you needs to disappear from this world. And then she's going to drive her sword through the neck of that creature.
4: Then I want to throw a pew at Big Luna.
3: You squash his brain out of his eye hole as you shove a pew
1: inside
0: his head. I will say that any attempt to heal Ed will result in him not coming to for the time being.
4: Raises for everyone who fought here today.
3: At some point, everyone's going to have to deal with the fact that Alistair's going to come back and take back control of administration. Where's Ed?
4: Uh, is he not in your body?
1: Who decides who is rich and who is poor? Who decides what you deserve? Within this, Valentine itself, there lay a vault, the soul of your city.
4: So we have to steal a whole city. Cash, everything around
5: me. get the money. you dollar up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Saying the lie was your no job at second hand. Moms bounced on old man, so then we moved the shallow land. A young dude you're rocking the goat too. No goose. Only way I begin the G O was drug loop. And let's start like this, son.
2: I had what a tweet the other one? week, go and over four thousand retweets, and oh my goodness, my phone it wouldn't last more than like three hours. I had to uninstall Twitter because it was just buzzing. <laughs>
3: Yeah, at that point, you might as well just throw it in the lake. It's fucked. My little sister, actually, uh, she attended the Mets game that happened the past week where the Mets lost, like, 4 to 25 or whatever, and it was on her birthday. So she had, like, a four-part picture story to it that has been picked up by, like, every Mets outlet out there. Oh, God. So she doesn't know how to deal with it. I think it's, like, 8,000 retweets right now. She's become a meme. She's not dealing with it very well. It's it's a good time.
2: (laughs) I had that one time I had a YouTube video that went over, like, over a million views. That was weird. Didn't like that. No, no, please. How does anybody deal with it?
1: Like, we have a pretty, like, modest audience, and sometimes I'm just like, I can't right now. There's too much feedback. It's killing me. I have to log off. Yes. What if I was just famous? I wouldn't last a day.
3: Big mood. Oh, boy. Well, you're not famous because you're not SoundCloud tweeting after your tweet went viral, <laughs> Austin. That's why. They go part and parcel. I can't
1: deal with the pressure. I'm fragile. I'm a fragile baby.
2: Now that we've all been defeated, should we do some a <laughs> <some> and <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. On the last episode, Aaron revealed his experiment. I'm going to talk like this for the whole finale arc. Um, in the middle of the desert is Valentine itself. Two cities stacked on top of each other floating in the air. Um, And a sandstorm is rolling in. You guys emerge from the tunnels up to the subway platform in North Valentine because you're going to have to get in a vehicle and ride across the desert to get there to stop someone else from claiming whatever is in the vault that Aaron says holds the soul of Valentine. That's probably not ominous, especially because, you know, Luna was in league with him in some way. Yep. So that's where we'll start. You guys emerge, blinking into the sunlight. You see in the distance uh, the sandstorm is rolling in. This is actually a weird recording coincidence because between recordings, uh, there was actually a huge haboob in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, chuckle it up. (laughs) Um, I forgot about that (laughs)
4: word. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) It's a great word. Um, But the pictures coming out of Arizona were exactly what I had in my mind, which is just this wall of like red sand as far as the eye can see in every direction. And it's just moving towards the city and people kind of knew it was coming. It's coming a little earlier than they expected, but you know, they knew they've lived here for a while. So they're running, you know, they're closing up their shops, you know, uh, putting tarps down and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a weather thing like in Florida, you're like a oh, hurricane season. You got to board up the windows. Oh so.
4: <laughs> man. It's not hurricane fucking season. Fuck.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the city is, the city is going into lockdown as you guys emerge. What do you do?
2: Uh, I I just have like a question about Valentine itself from a distance, just in terms of trying to picture it myself. Um, mm-hmm. Are we are we talking like South Valentine is on the level of the desert, and then above that is North Valentine, and then like are they connected? Is there like s- some physical way to get up to North Valentine in this weird floating situation?
1: you know those like apple cores where you can like cut out the core of an apple yeah imagine someone did that around the entire city uh, like around north valentine down through the ground to all the bottom of south and then pulled it out of the ground and then m- moved it into the desert and just kind of stuck it in the middle of the desert
2: okay so we're not gonna have to work out some way to like fly up to the city above the first city or anything
1: Now, presumably, you would go... First of all, you can't see it from here. It's in the sandstorm. But when you get to it... Okay. I'm just going to tell you now, it's floating a couple inches off the ground. So you'll have to, like, approach it and, like, climb into one of the tunnels in south. Go up through the... It's, a, it's the final dungeon, is what's happening.
2: Okay, okay. And then
1: you'll have the dungeon crawl up through south to get to north. I just
2: thought, while we were on the way there, should I be brainstorming ways to get up to a city that's floating up too high to reach? But that's that's cool, okay.
4: It's just that the whole city's in the air. Like, not in the air, but you know what I mean, like... A copy of
1: the city. I just want to be clear, the regular city's...
4: Okay, because I wasn't sure. I was like, it's a copy. And then you're like, it took it out of the ground. And I was like, wait. I was like, so imagine. Did it real one? Uh,
1: imagine that. So the regular this, the regular city is still exactly where it's always been. The copy okay. Valentine itself is out there in the desert inside the sandstorm.
2: Okay. Okay. So the only other question I have quickly is, I can't remember because we recorded very late last last time. Um, how did we get that message from um from Aaron? It was like streaming it to everybody, right? Okay. It was it was streaming onto the TV, so we weren't physically anywhere near Aaron. No,
1: he streamed it out to everybody. And in fact, people you see like cars zoom by like full of drunk dudes with guns who are all going out there. It's like he said there's a vault in the desert and it has some crazy thing in it. And also I'm a famous guy who's like shooting rockets into space. Everyone knows me. I'm a big guy. Come out and try to get my vault. So it's like. All of the Ne'er Do Wells are going out there for this. Is is, is
0: is this like a a mashup of like Borderlands one and two into just a single thing here now? Uh,
1: no, it's Dice Funk season 4 Valentine.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I like just... that,
1: similar to that. There's story, so it can't be the
3: first Borderlands.
0: Oof.
1: Fucking got him. Take it, Randy Pitchford. <laughs> You're not gonna magic your way out of this one.
2: <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm voting we all just like get in the van and start driving because uh, time seems of the essence here.
4: Yeah, let's just put on some tunes and go
1: time is extremely of the essence so two cars pull up because when you say you get in the car i assume you mean you call the car um one car has handsome chris who pulls up and oh, love him he's in his own personal car and the other car is the loser mobile driven by blood maw the invincible the demon um so they bring two cars because they don't know what's happening
2: i go with blood maw he's big uh the loser mobile seems like it has a better chance of surviving what might end up being a very Mad Max-esque situation trying to drive to the place where all the, the valuable thing is.
4: Hey, Blood Ma. I killed a god.
3: Reese will <laughs> turn to the rest of the party and she's gonna say good luck you guys, I don't think I can go on this one.
4: Uh, okay? <laughs> uh,
2: are you are, are you gonna be okay like things seem like they're going down a little bit
3: i know uh i just can't go on another adventure and kill people it's just there's a threshold and i've crossed it i killed like a thousand of my best friends back there um good luck you guys (laughs) a big thumbs up all right
4: uh mad respects
1: um, so handsome Chris, who's getting out of his car, he assumed that blood Maw was going to give you guys the vehicle, and then he's going to drive blood Maw back to the courts. Um, but as he hears Reese say this, he says, um, I got Alistar on line three. Do you, one of you guys want to deal with this or Reese help. help? Reese will just grab the phone back. Like, I got it. Okay. Um, yeah, Chris jumps back in the driver's seat. He's going to go back. Yes, to- I do. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. You did this to me on purpose. <laughs> Um, alright, so, actually, well, wait, hold on. In retrospect, I totally did it to myself. I to say, you
3: made handsome Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to blame it on you! It was me! <laughs> <laughs> it was me all
1: whole time! Okay. Oh, great. Uh, Chris is gonna go back to, um... Ooh, my brain just exploded. Chris is... Go- yeah, handsome Chris is gonna go back to administration with Reese, who is ducking out of this mission.
2: Reese, Reese. um, just, just remember, we have all the power right now, so, like, don't, don't give an inch. <laughs> Uh Chris, it was nice podcasting with you.
3: See you later. Bye. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> Slam. I didn't know it was me leaving.
4: Chris will be replaced by Scotia.
3: That's my disembodied voice from
2: afterwards that I left on a recording to explain. Oh, this.
0: Chris is gone. Great. Okay, now I, I have so much trash I want to talk uh, about. Yeah, we
2: can really get into the show now that Chris is gone and definitely not about to play a different character for this arc. No, put Scotia on the mic.
1: Why is he so muscly?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. What? How does he get away being so handsome and muscly? I mean,
2: we don't need someone this handsome on the show. That's just taking away from the rest of our attractiveness.
3: This is so self indulgent. We're 10 minutes in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Put Scotia
4: on the mic
3: She's very scared it's raining here right now So she wouldn't be very oh, good no. mic material Oh
4: protect
3: her Oh she's good she's just a wuss dog Same Chris what are you doing uh, I'm sitting here listening Oh you mean what I'm doing otherwise <laughs> uh, I'm going to be playing Blood Moth, the Invincible uh, Since I'm not playing Reese right now I
1: knew that before we started recording This is not a surprise to me
3: <laughs> Okay well you said what am I doing I told you I thought this was for the audience Wow yeah, it is. Okay. All right. Sup audience. Alright, so what's Blood Maw's deal? Well, he's Blood Maw the Invincible. Mm-hmm. He's a professional <laughs> wrestler who uh shoots blood everywhere. Uh and mechanically he's a level ten barbarian. And he's uh, a big strong burly boy. He's he's got a lot of strength, a lot of constitution, not so good in the mental stuff, but he doesn't need that because uh he's just here to uh to beat up people and uh be muscle essentially. Which and is,
4: canonically, he loves sandwiches. He
3: does love sandwiches. That's actually listed as his flaw on my character sheet.
2: <laughs> I, I like Chris's strategy for making sure that he's got a character that survives this season, which is just play all the characters. <laughs> of, if, if, I play, if you play three characters, one of whom is called The Invincible, you probably have one survive the campaign. If
3: Blood Maw dies, I'm playing Handsome Chris, so it's going <laughs> to be rough things after that because he doesn't have any stats. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Bloodmod, do you say anything to the group? Because you're just
1: you just got out of the loser mobile. You saw Reese, uh, peace out, and everyone's like, "All right, guess we're gonna drive into the sandstorm and fight every bad guy in the entire city fighting over a vault."
5: Do puny humans need help <laughs> upon your mission to devour the Blood God?
4: <laughs> no. Um, no, I already did that.
5: Uh, I have no opposition. How about me. conquering the Sand God?
4: Okay, let's do that.
2: Hey, if if you if you want to punch a lot of stuff, come with us. Go, go, go.
0: It will be tough to do either of those things, Bloodmaw, Since well, now officially there are no more gods.
5: You know, all are puny mortals to Bloodmaw. Gods are mortals too. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they have been. They have been for a while. Uh, I saw it when it happened. Anyway, get in the van. Get in the van. Get in the van.
2: Get in the van. Who's gonna make the driving check? I want to do the driving check. Before we
3: go, Bob is going to be like, I have no weapons on me. And he's going to go over to a stop sign and he's going to clutch it with two hands and just yep. heave it out of the ground with a huge slab of concrete on the end. And he'll be like, this shall do. And he's going to toss <laughs> it in the back of the loser mobile. <laughs> Jesus <reveal>.
2: Christ. <laughs> Okay. Oh, straight up and down D20 for driving roll. Frank got a 19. Dang.
3: Hell
1: yeah. Frank, you peel out of the subway station and the loser mobile, uh, team loser, you guys are still a little beat up, but I assume you healed with short rests, um, so...
2: Is this the only good driving roll we've had all season?
1: No, no. There's a couple really Sketch good ones. has
2: got a crit, didn't he? It's the only good one Frank's had. Yeah. I think it's the only one above a 10 Frank's had.
1: Reese did one that was so good she did a flip. <laughs>
2: That's right.
1: Um, all right. So you guys head out of Valentine and in, into the desert. Um, Valentine itself is dead center. In fact, you know exactly where it is because it's where you met Aaron two episodes ago, three episodes ago, where he put the iron soft in the middle of the desert. Um, it is all the way out there. So up ahead of you, you guys see the, the sandstorm rolling in. It's bearing down on you and you guys start to see other cars ahead of you. Um, all, everyone's just in a mad race. To get to Valentine itself. Do you guys uh, talk about anything on the way or do anything? It's your last chance to prepare before we basically start crawling through this dungeon.
4: Pass Bloodmod the Blunt.
3: Bloodmod takes it <laughs> and we'll eat it. <laughs> this is a
4: disgusting sandwich. It tastes
5: nothing of the roasted <laughs> flesh of turkey.
4: You know, even if it's not like fully decarbolated, if you eat a lot of weed, it's still gonna get you high like an edible, right? Jesus. Do demons get high?
1: <laughs> Let me check. Hold on, I have the monster manual here.
3: <laughs> do demons get high? Um, that'd be great if it says if if the actual D&D official book says yes, Lauren, they do. I hope so. Condition
1: immunity is poisoned. So, I don't think is they that can the get the same
2: thing. Um, I, I listen. All inebriation is basically low-level poisoning.
4: Fair. Yeah. Damn. You got me this time, Blood Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like half of
5: Bloodmaw's turkey sandwich?
4: Fuck yeah. All right. Cats love turkey. Aw. Cats are good. So sharp. Bloodmaw's good.
2: I'm I'm going to use, if we're doing a short rest, I'm going to do arcane recovery to get back uh, two spell slots. Gonna need those. Yep.
3: I like to imagine Bloodmaw reads like, for some reason, the Luzeropiel is like an airplane what has like safety guides and like the, the seat pocket in front of him. And he's just quietly flipping through them mm-hmm. before angrily ripping it apart and be like, safety is for losers.
1: Um. All right. As you say that, um, you guys see.
3: <laughs> oh, I can only hope I, I set things off by saying that.
1: Yes, that was that was the code word. You have activated Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you guys see uh, basically across from you in the desert, uh, a magical sigil appear in the air, a glyph. With all kinds of arcane symbols, you've seen this exact glyph before, several arcs ago. And from this glyph uh, comes first a large military vehicle with a minigun on top, and then a a brand new shiny muscle car.
4: Is it Algernon? No. No. (laughs) Oh. Oh, well, because I thought. That the sharps got military, so I just assume Algernon would get a car and go out with them. I don't know.
2: Listen, yeah,
0: it's it, it's Pond and, and Booker. So
2: you are you are right. The fact that we didn't buy military is now this is a consequence. We are facing our our, our choices.
4: Can you see my logic though?
1: Pond, Booker, and the inevitable come out of. Oh,
4: I hate that guy. The,
1: the same portal glyph they did last time. Um, Because the live stream went out all over the world and everyone knows there is a vault with something very valuable in it here. Um, And so they burst out uh, the whole group of them. The military vehicle you guys have seen before, that was the only surviving vehicle of that car chase. Uh, Pond has a brand new shiny muscle car and the inevitable, which if you'll recall, is almost like a kind of super powerful mechanical angel. They are like the highest power left in Mechanus, the lawful neutral plane. Um, And that thing is flying without flapping its wings, just under some kind of magical power. And they're across from you in the desert, going in the same direction you are.
4: I really want to throw the fucking inevitable with my my Magneto powers, but I don't want to start shit. No,
2: do it. Start shit. Yeah. They ain't going to be afraid to start shit. Throw throw the inevitable at the car.
4: Well, yeah, I don't want to start shit if they're not starting shit. Because I only have
2: two spell slots. I mean we can deal with them
3: when we get there or deal with them now, if we have to deal with them. Uh, okay. so uh
4: that is Maybe me. we
3: should check to see if they're antagonistic. This is a blood moss this, He wants more blood for the blood yeah. god, but
2: can we can we like in, <laughs> can we insight if they're likely to attack us on the way there?
1: It boggles my mind that we don't get more insight rolls on this show, which is all about people interacting.
2: Uh well, four. Frank has no clue what's going on. I
4: botched!
1: All right, so the botch is going to be very bad for you guys. Let me think here.
4: Lenora rolls down the window and flips them off. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I mean the most interesting thing here is Lenora, you botch. So you actually yeah. you look over, you see them come out, and you just immediately panic and you use your power. I'm gonna say that's you botch. We need to have an interesting consequence of that, and your idea was cool. So just do your idea because you th- now you think it's a good idea.
4: <sighs> charisma strength contest, right?
1: Your yeah, your charisma, my strength. Oops, yeah, that's a big oops. Uh, six oh, to th- no. six to thirteen. All right, so you try to use your conduit of magnetism to shove the inevitable into the cars.
4: No, I'm not trying to throw him. Just like toss him aside, like he's like a balled up piece of paper. <laughs> not. I just don't like him. I hate him.
1: <laughs> I know it's just your word choice. I don't want to throw him. I just want to toss him. <laughs>
4: like, <it's... laughs> I not like throw him on the cars. But you know what? I mean? You know what I mean. The audience
1: might not. Anyway, uh, you failed that contest, so you uh, you try to shove him, and what happens is he does a sweet flip in the air, oh. and the um, Harker's goons, if you will, the people from Ed's backstory he used to work with, uh, change their trajectory to intercept you guys in the desert. Let's have another desert car battle, but this time inside a sandstorm, as you guys hit the wall, and you are plunged into a terrifying maelstrom. Uh roll initiative. Three.
0: Boop. Ten.
4: Oh, I crit. Twenty-two.
0: Nice. Uh nineteen for Martis.
2: Uh ten.
1: Alright, Lenora, you're up first. You got a free you got a free thing by taking the initiative attacking, and then you won the initiative roll.
4: Alright. Um I think I'm gonna try and use my magnetism power again. Mm-hmm. I want to try and crash the cars into each other. All right. Fingers crossed. 23.
1: Uh, 13. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So they are humans inside. What happened was basically you used your magnetism to shove one car into the other. And they, with their human strength, tried to turn their wheel to avoid it. They failed miserably. Um, This muscle car goes skidding across the desert and slams into the military vehicle, With the gun on top, and because they were going 100 miles per hour in the center of a desert storm, they both go flipping end over end and basically get sucked up into the maelstrom, um, at which point the inevitable goes flying after them. Um, You have destroyed two combatants.
4: Oh, cool.
0: Ed, your turn. So what happened to the two vehicles that were taken out so far? Which ones were they? I mean,
1: there's only two vehicles. Uh, Well, you don't know yet. What happened was uh, two cars going extremely fast were hit by a force. I don't know if you've ever seen what happens when that happens. Yes, Um, I've
0: seen. I I know what happens.
1: Indy car, the NASCAR. It's not something people usually survive, but who knows? It's very bad. They've gone flipping, but we're in bullet time, basically.
2: Are you going to do anything with the inevitable or do we just ignore the inevitable and just keep driving? Because it apparently went after the the crashed cars.
1: I like the phrase, do we ignore the inevitable? It has layers.
2: <laughs> I mean, you could say, you could
3: tell Frank to follow the wreckage, or not the wreckage, but the, the cars that went going. We'd say we follow the inevitable as your action.
0: Yeah, all all Martis will do is point in the direction of the, the two vehicles that are flipping and say, we got to go over there and check on them.
2: Okay, Frank's, Frank's going to start dri- driving that way, but he's going to do so very, very cautiously of, is the Inevitable going to start firing on us?
1: All right, it's the uh, enemy's turn. The Inevitable uh, catches the two cars, one in each arm, because it is supernaturally powerful, um, and it basically slams its arms through the bottom of the cars, uh, wielding them like Hulk Gloves. That you might get at Walmart. One has a minigun on the top and the other uh, opens up its grill and reveals a shiny new flamethrower. And now you guys are fighting an inevitable, which has cars for arms, which are armed with guns. That's really dope. Fight me.
3: Hmm. Part of me wants to leap out of the car at it, but that feels like a dangerous move with us all going so fast.
1: You're going extremely fast in the middle of a sandstorm that strips flesh from bone. I love it.
3: Uh, I feel like that's not a good move though, since I have no way to guarantee where I'll land and I don't have wings or anything to fly with. <laughs> um, I mean, we're already in impaired mobility, uh, visibility, but why not add on to it? I didn't add anything onto my sheet, but can I just vomit out a geyser of blood at the inevitable's face? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a trick. It's like the red mist. It's a wrestling thing. That's you'll fine. have to hurt. You'll have to hurt yourself. That's fine. How much damage do I need to take? let <laughs> Let's say ten percent of his health. Ten percent. That's that's a lot actually for me, but still, I'll do it. Now I'm going to spray blood at his face, with the inevitable's face. All right, walk me through this. All right. So, does anyone have like a, a knife or anything like that? I have claws. Uh,
4: and
0: I
3: also have a dagger glove. Honestly. Well, dagger glove will help. I just need to borrow the knife for a quick second, sure, so that see. I can slash the inside of my mouth, basically.
4: <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, sure. and then I and then I want to like climb onto the, I guess the top of the the car, and I want to spit my blood mist at the inevitable's face.
0: <laughs>
1: this, is, this is extremely good all right so here's what's gonna happen we're in the middle of a standstorm. i don't think this would actually work but let's just say blood maw is so practiced at this for years of wrestling this this red mist move that you just nail him right in the face and he has reduced uh visibility for let's say a turn before it gets wiped away but we'll, that'll give you guys a, a fighting
3: chance and that'll be on top of the car so if we get closer to him i could just melee attack him
1: yeah, I mean, you guys are driving along. The Inevitable is still going towards Valentine itself. It's uh, Lenora's turn.
4: Wow, I really put us in it this time, guys. <laughs> I'm still trying to conserve bell slots for now, because I don't also want to blight the two humans if they're still in
1: the cars. Yeah, I mean, you see Pond and Booker. They're in the the driver's seats of their respective vehicles, and they're holding down the fort.
4: Okay, so yeah, I don't I don't want to like, just murder them in one shot. That'd be shitty. But I hate the Inevitable, so I'm going to toll the dead on them. So wisdom save.
1: Ooh, wow. A lot of wisdom, huh?
4: Oh, fuck. That's right. He's so wise. 16. My spell save is 16.
1: All right. So he doesn't take any damage.
4: Nope. But he does hear his phone ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so you, you try to cast a damaging spell on him. It does not work. And the, the, <laughs> the Neville just says, Oathbreakers!
2: Suck my dick! No! We never made an earth not oath not to fight you. We've not. We're not oath breakers.
0: How far away is the inevitable? Uh,
1: Frank pulled up right alongside it. You guys are just racing through the desert, side by side.
0: Let's go ahead and throw. Um, let's go ahead and throw in this case the. Do, 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 do. Let's do the planar warrior benefit of his ranger side. He's going to point out the creature. Uh, in this case, just to kind of. Use some planar magicry on it, and then he's going to attempt to shoot at it using, um, in this case, Coda. So that's going to be 2d uh, d12 plus 12 on the attack roll. There, 22. Does that hit? Sure does. That'll be 13 force damage against the inevitable. Mm-hmm. As 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 Mortis sort of heals up to the inevitable. Put down the humans. They don't. They don't need to be put at risk for this. We are bound to service. Okay, I guess this is his response for now, so.
1: Yeah, they work for Harker. So, I feel like this is something that's been subtext every time you guys have dealt with this guy, but maybe I should just say it out loud. Like, he's a a thing that is divinely oh, yeah. made to enforce oaths. They are employees. That is a kind of oath, so.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand, but. Yeah, for the audience, maybe they don't know what
1: inevitables are. There's there's different kinds.
0: I understand. I'm just, you know, M- Mardis' MO right now is just like, Despite who 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 they worked for, they were still friends of Ed, and uh, they're being put at undue risk right now with the way that this thing's wielding them. All right, Frank, your turn.
2: Okay, so I have a thinking. Uh, first of all, I can't remember if... <laughs> I love when you have a thinking. <laughs> I have a thinking. I can't remember. Did I try using lightning on the inevitable the first time we fought it?
1: I don't think you guys actually ever got into the combat with it. Like, Lenora threw a do- I just
2: threw it a lot. So, I know that I couldn't electrocute the cars because rubber tires, they were insulated. Those tires aren't on the ground anymore. I'm wondering, can I electrocute this whole connected thing of cars and inevitable? Because it's no longer, it's no longer insulated. So I'm gonna shout out to the the two humans in the cars. Look, I'm gonna electrocute this thing. You you want to get out? You want to get out now? Just, just, just get out that get out that car before I do, before I do any damage. How
1: far off the
0: ground are the two cars right now?
1: Um, so the inevitable is flying at about the top of the car height because Maw is standing on the roof, and it is using each of the cars as like gauntlets, basically. So that's where they are. Um. Frank, you yell out, like, I'm going to electrocute them. And Pawn just says, like, the frame of the car is a Faraday cage.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine inside. Oh, is that is that all cars? I don't know how cars work. I thought it was the, wheel, the rubber wheels on the floor was what insulated them. I don't know. That's a common myth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to electrocute the inevitable uh, lightning bolt. All right. They're very
1: stoic warriors, so they're not great at decks. Uh, 12, that's a fail.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a fail, so I'm gonna do my damage roll.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, 25. That's not a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the lightning bolt hits the inevitable square in the chest and does, like, leaves a burn mark. It hits him with full force, because he failed. Takes all 25 damage. That seems like it did something.
2: Okay, no, no, no double damage because he's a metal thing.
1: No, he is, he is properly insulated, being of divine origin.
2: Okay, that's my turn done, I suppose.
1: Alright, it is the inevitable's turn. He has blood all over his face, so he doesn't quite line up his shots right. But he points both of his arms at the car, and Pond fires up her flamethrower, and Booker fires up the minigun. So we're going to take two. Uh, so we need two separate dexterity saving throws. Let's do this. Or no, one's constitution. So, first, constitution saving throw. Everybody? Oh, but 21. 6. No save.
2: Uh, 6. 18 with a negative modifier. <laughs>
1: Yep. So, Blood Maw and Frank save. Uh, Mardis and Lenora do not.
2: Is it half damage or no damage on a save? Half.
1: Okay. All right. So, nineteen damage for full. Nine for half. Oh
4: boy.
0: It was impossible for Mardis to feel- heal the full, even using all of his hit die after the last scenario.
1: All right. So that's the first one, and then the minigun from Booker. Uh, Dexterity saving throw this time. Six. Fail. Twelve fail.
3: Fail.
2: Fourteen. Fail. Oh boy. Uh fifteen?
3: Yes. So fifteen damage, seven is half. Okay. So question, Austin. Is her uh Gatling gun magical?
0: His. And no. Her,
3: I, I forgot which one's which. <laughs> no, the Gatling gun is not magical. Cool. Then I take half damage because as a demon I have resistance to not magical weapons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. So um, I actually looked it up in fifth edition. The kind of demon that Bloodmaw is d- doesn't, but most of them do. So I just said in, in our and all demons do. Um, so, yes, the, the car is peppered with minigun and flamethrower, and you guys take some damage. Um, but because the inevitable has blood in its eyes, it has to uh, leave itself open uh, to wipe off its face at the end of its turn. Um, so everybody has advantage against it going forward. Love it. Bloodmaw, your turn
3: okay uh blood Ball is going to take wield up his his stop sign and is going to try to cleave this guy in half or just bash him with the concrete part whichever one works better uh so this is two attacks with advantage so the first one's gonna be a 15 and the second one will be 16. uh both miss oh yeah I'm sorry dude it'd been nice if I could have rolled something higher than a seven and four rolls but what are you going to do? Not great for his first attack <laughs> as a player character. I, I will use my bonus action to uh, go into a rage. At the end of your turn? Yeah, well, I forgot to do it to start. So and then I already rolled. So Oops. now it's at the start. It doesn't matter. It didn't wouldn't give me any better shot at hitting.
1: Okay, so I like this. So Blood is on top of the car, just swinging wildly, lo- swinging wildly with a stop sign at the mechanical angel who's just out of reach. You can't quite reach him. <laughs> Um, uh, quietly under his
3: breath as like the car gets closer blood Mods just say blood for the blood I blood for the blood gun, blood for the blood god uh lenore it's your turn
4: all right i'm gonna try to magnetism him again uh to the ground I'll, like smush him to the ground
1: okay cool so
4: 19 29 crit oh what a little bitch <laughs> I fucking hate it.
1: Alright, so you try to throw him into the ground. He's going very fast, so that would have damaged him a lot, but he pulls up. Uh does not work, and it is Martis's turn.
0: So we have advantages on our attacks against him? Correct. Cool. Uh, same sequence as before. planar Warrior to sort of, like, uh, fl- mark him. Uh, 26 on the attack. Hit. Uh, so that'll be 3d6 plus 6 plus 1d8 force damage uh 22 force damage
1: yeah you so you just open up was that the magic gun
0: it it is the magic gun yeah
1: yeah so you shoot a couple holes in him that seems like it did very well
0: the big thing here of course is there's no other pair there's no pair of mage hands that can hold a separate gun so Martus is forced to only be able to attack once per turn as opposed to twice now Mm Hmm.
1: yeah the conduit of synergy was secretly op um frank i think it's your turn
2: Can I get the car close enough that I can touch the inevitable from, like, the driver's side window? You can do whatever you want. Okay, so Frank's going to pull up so that he can touch it from the driver's side window. And he's going to try and pull off vampiric touch. (laughs) So that's a a d20 plus 9. Uh-huh. Okay, a 17. And a 20 is the, the second. Hit. Okay, so let's do my damage. Okay, 13 damage.
1: Yeah. All right, so you pull over and you cuz Frank's whole thing with the vampiric touches, he has to bite onto the leg of the inevitable.
2: Yeah, he's maybe maybe cuz he's driving the car, he's using his hand like a, you know, like a a shadow puppet to to to, to bite big onto chomp. it. Big, big chomps with his shadow puppet hand out the window. Big munch. <laughs> All
1: right, nice. Uh you're you're Shadow Puppet bites into him and necrotic energy uh, begins to course through his leg and it seems to be uh, damaging the metal. So it actually did damage.
2: And I recover half of that back as HP nice. as well.
1: All right. It is the Inevitable's turn and the Inevitable is going to uh, ram the loser mobile. Just use it's the force of an angel going at you know, 90 miles per hour with two cars for hands. So strength uh, versus strength. Uh, that's actually going to be Frank because you're the driver or vehicle proficiency, which I think is probably about the same for you.
2: Oh, no, I've got a plus one to strength and nothing on vehicle, so... 11? 15! All right. Frank's, Frank's a strong boy. All right. So the inevitable rams
1: the vehicle. Frank, what do you do? You win.
2: Uh, Frank, uh, Frank, with one hand still just gripping onto this inevitable draining the life. He just holds onto the wheel, turns it completely the opposite way. He's jamming out to the music. This is the best he's ever driven a car.
1: Blood Maw, it's your turn. Frank is, uh, pr- pr- you know, has the wheel against
3: the inevitable, which is trying to ram into the car. Okay. Uh, so do we still have advantage? No. Then I will use one of my barbarian powers called Reckless Attack. So I'm throwing all concern for defense aside so I can attack... With Reckless Abandon. So I will get advantage on melee weapon attacks, but in turn, I'll take, uh, everyone gets advantage to attack me as well.
0: Oh, sweet. I, 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 that means I gotta attack Blood to get sneak attack. Got it. Oh, no. Uh,
3: this is gonna be two attacks against it, both with advantage ends, So, 26 for the first one, and 27 for the second one. <laughs> okay, you saved up the bad dice from last time. <laughs> They're close enough now. You hit twice. 28 damage.
0: <laughs> Yikes.
4: Plus sixteen. Jesus.
0: Barbarians raid bonus to, ra- bonus to strength based attacks while raging, you know? Alright,
1: so you slam your stop side into his shoulder <laughs> and it cracks and you see that the arm is about to be torn off um, by the the weight of the car that is it is, you know, plunged into. So he looks he's starting to look pretty bad. It's a really good attack. That was
4: a lot of damage. Tin Can Man will be torn asunders by my rage Lenora, your turn. This might be wild. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about trying to use magnetism to tear the arm off the rest of the way. hmm So I'm gonna do that. Yeah? Mm. Tear it off and throw it at him. Twenty one.
1: Nine.
4: Fuck you, you wimp. Not you, the inevitable. Uh huh. Bye arm. Bye.
1: Alright, so I didn't I didn't establish which weapon this is. Do you want to?
4: Which one do we hate more, guys? Which one did more damage?
1: The minigun. The minigun does more damage. Bye, gun. All right, so you tear off the arm of the inevitable, which is holding onto Booker's military vehicle, and it gets, uh, you know, shorn off and thrown into the desert storm. It rolls over. It does not explode or anything. Yeah, um, so. You hear, you see the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the airbag. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so stupid. The airbag goes off <laughs> as the car rolls off into the storm.
4: He's fine. He'll be fine.
1: Ed, or not Ed, I keep saying Ed. I wrote Ed, that's my fault. Mardis, your
0: turn. Mardis will look at the car with a bit of concern before he returns his attention to the inevitable to try to disable it from honestly being more of a threat to Pond than it being a threat to the party. Um, so, Planar Warrior to market it uh, effectively. Uh, 27 on the attack roll. Hits. 2d6 plus 6 plus 1d8. 22 oh force damage.
1: Holy snipple snaps. Uh, you put a bunch of more holes in it, and once again, uh, it looks like the arm is extremely badly damaged, and you're about he's about to lose that weapon as well. Frank, it's your turn. The inevitable is still trying to tilt the car over, but it's down to one weapon.
2: Right, so as, as it's my turn, and this thing is like, uh, it's taken some hits, I'm going to try and, like, hope... That I can I can I can do some cantrips and do something okay. So I'm gonna go for
1: Well remember Vampiric Touch is still oh, active. Yeah Vampiric you can just...
2: Touch is still active. Yeah, more vampiric touch. Um Slurp Slurp. Yeah, I've gotta do I have to do the roll again, don't I?
1: Yeah, but you don't lose any more spell slots.
2: Yes, that is that is the good point. Uh 21. Hits. Another fifteen damage.
1: Paint me a picture.
2: Okay. Uh Frank is, is still holding on to this thing with his hand, hand of vampirism biting on, and he's just going to try and grab onto one of those arms that's looking like it's about to come off, bite in, and try and pull.
1: All right, so you guys are doing like an arm tug of war. Uh, for Frank, you grab it at the part where it's been shot through a couple of times and you begin to pull. Uh, you actually see Pond inside of the muscle car. Uh, she actually has a gun and goes to aim it at you as you rip the arm off of this inevitable. Uh, the airbag goes off as Pond's car hits the desert and goes flipping. Um, and the inevitable like, slides armless across the desert floor.
2: <laughs> so the-, the inevitable that's still just like floating... Can we, can we, can we tell if it's any risk to us anymore?
1: It doesn't have any arms. Let's say combat's over for now. It's flying with no arms, like a missile through the desert. And it tries to fly in front of the car and push its feet against the front to slow you down. And it's just yelling, HALT,
3: Oathbreakers! Can I leap up and try to cut its head off with the stop sign? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I'm going to reckless charge this one, too. Uh Uh-huh. So 27... And thirty two. I don't know how I rolled. A- so
0: you rolled a natural twenty for you. So basically, you have a, a twenty seven and a crit is what you rolled.
3: Oh, dope! I crit, <laughs> I can't believe you're gonna steal Frank's kill again. I'm not trying to steal his kill. I thought
0: this was. I thought he got the kill. I'm just trying to stop him from pushing our car over. No, it's it's a, it's a three phase boss fight. You killed one arm, then the other, then the head.
2: I, I had this conversation with Austin before we recorded I'm pretty sure like the last five or six boss fights Frank has had the penultimate attack And then someone else just waltzes in with a really cool finisher I
4: didn't mean to steal your <laughs> kill last time I just really wanted to kill all the gods
2: Oh no, it, it's cool I'm just aware that like Frank is support dad He He's in the background like getting Aww. everything ready And then it's like, okay kid nap, Now you go out and kill the big old boss and <laughs> You can have the credit I'll, do, I'll just sit back here It's all like,
4: cool Like when parents let their kids win like Monopoly and shit
2: Exactly. I'm just. Oh, oh no! I accidentally did too little HP. You'll have to finish him off, Bloodmore.
1: <laughs> okay, so he says, "Stop, uh, halt, oathbreakers!" And Bloodmore, what do you say?
5: I will wear your trash can as a helmet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. You swat his head off with the concrete part of the stop sign, his body falls underneath the loser mobile, which runs it over and mangles it.
4: Oh boy
1: what <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? All right, so you guys won that fight
3: I'm gonna blood Mod's going to like crawl back into the van afterwards. uh-huh, and he's going to i don't think we do we ever establish what he wears? No, he's just kind of a big gorilla.
1: What if a gorilla and an orangutan were smooshed together and they wore like- Because in my
3: mind, he wears a loincloth. <laughs> yeah, it's like wrestling trunks. I want him to reach into the loincloth and pull out a sandwich and just start devouring it. Okay. <laughs> That's where he keeps the sandwiches. There's his sandwich
0: pouch. Mars will comment. I'm not sure what is less sanitary. Your method of fighting, your method of storing sandwiches. Blood Ma will offer his sandwich
3: to, to Mardis. Fortunately, I don't need to eat. You miss out
5: on delicious mustard of Dijon.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's mustard of something. Whether it's Dijon, I'm not so sure.
6: Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> Frank, you successfully drive uh, through the sandstorm. Uh, well, actually, you, you almost plow into the back of another car uh, because it's so hard to see in the storm. Um, But with a 19, I'm not going to do that to you. Um, You pull up just short and you find yourself in like a car graveyard where everyone who drove out to Valentine's itself basically had to abandon their cars. And there's just like a sea of them in here. And a lot of them are mangled and shot up and flipped and crashed into each other. And you pull up at the last second into a skid at the back of this uh, sea of cars. Um, but you can see the the shadow, the shape of the Valentine itself cities in the distance and you hear people like yelling and you hear gunfire and the clash of metal just people brawling in here
2: I'm, I'm trying to work out if there's any way we can get so you said the the issue is that we can't get the cars in because the thing's a couple of feet up um
1: yeah th- so it's two cities stacked on top of each other floating in the middle of the desert but it's not it's not floating so high you can just walk up and climb into a tunnel
2: maybe maybe overthink squatting here i'm wondering if i can tense this floating disc set it at kind of an angle, maybe create a ramp to get the car up in to get us in there faster.
4: I can't, like, m- Moses fucking part in the Red Sea. If you want to spend
2: the time to do that, or you guys could just walk in.
4: I mean, I'm okay with just walking in, but if y'all think we really need I'm, the car... I'm up for
2: just walking in. The car seems impractical. I was, yeah, overthink squatting.
3: Uh, before we head in, uh, Bloodball will turn to Mardis and he'll say, Where's the other one? The, the actual robot one.
0: I can't get him to wake up. I can't find him.
5: What normally wakes him up? For me, it is good cup of coffee in morning.
2: (laughs) Frank does have a spell called alarm, but I don't think that's quite how it works.
1: (laughs) <laughs> fucking Chris coming in here and just be like I'm just going to have all three of the most beloved characters this season. Fuck y'all.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I'm 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 just nervous because I'm at half health again practically. Mm-hmm. And we have no healing in the party anymore. Uh
2: yeah, cuz cuz Frank can't heal again cuz he's not ta- had a long rest so we can't use his uh his healing.
0: And I've used literally all my hit dice, so I have no access to healing.
2: Well, we will work a solution out when we when 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 it comes up, I suppose. Right into the tunnels we go.
1: All right, so you guys pile out of the loser mobile and work your way through the abandoned car graveyard that has built up around Valentine's itself. Uh, the w- the desert winds buffet you. If you got to spend too much time out here, you have to start making rolls to not be damaged um, as you are abraded. By the sandstorm, uh, but you guys can duck in uh, pretty quickly. You see the shadows of people fighting in the desert, just like drunk guys brawling, uh, you know, mercenaries and uh, just common thieves shooting at each other. Most of these people don't bother you if they do notice you because you guys are all big time superheroes. They've seen the videos of you killing a devil with a sword in broad daylight, or you know, killing an assassin robot, or throwing dudes out of trains. So these mm-hmm. most of these common thugs don't mess with you. Um,
0: One benefit I can point out to the party is since we've been basically traveling for probably more than an hour, uh, the party can't become lost except by magical means at this point. Um, Just because passive ranger shenanigans starts kicking in.
1: All right. So you guys get close enough to Valentine itself to see it very clearly. The first thing you notice is that it's weirdly desaturated. As if like the color is beginning to run out of it. Um, there was this conversation with Aaron a couple of episodes ago where him and Ed discussed the way that forms are imperfect in this material world. So that's that comes to mind immediately. You also see it seems like weirdly shimmery and impermanent. There's something weird about it because it is something perfect brought in into an imperfect world and it's not Supposed to be, so it's it gives you a weird feeling, but it's it's just so f- enormous, like it's like seeing like the Grand Canyon and in person or something. That how overwhelming it is. um But you guys see on the sides of it, there's a bunch of tunnels which cut off because in the real world, these tunnels go somewhere else. They don't stop at the city limits, but you guys can crawl into one of them if you want to.
2: Let's go. Yeah, crawl in. Um. Yep. So in Aaron's initial message about this that he broadcast out, he didn't say anything about the location of this vault he didn't say specifically it was in the center did he
1: no he did not he just said there's a vault with the soul of valentine and the you you get the subtext that part of the experiment is finding it
2: finding it okay so in terms of places we've been is there anywhere that the party thinks is worth trying first because like first things that jump to mind for me um sharp financial seems like a place that would have Vaults already. A vault. It yeah. would it, It's the only place I can think of that would like that we have been that would already have a vault.
0: The, I mean, the, I mean, the, the only two places I could think of would be right uh, would be Richard Sharp or Solomon's. You know, the the man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like
3: the media headquarters because he was working with Solomon. Bloodma will suggest we go check out uh, sh- the local Schmitty John's restaurant.
6: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> okay. So Blood Ma- out of character though. Uh, I will note his aaron his whole deal is deserving so what place would be the most deserving place of having the vault is where my logic goes to Mm. like where would be a place where the person who's most deserving would be able to find it or where they'd be shown as the most deserving
2: the deserving question my answer depressingly to like ah where would you put it for the people who deserve it most not in valentine (laughs) because the people running there looking for the vault probably wouldn't deserve it, because everyone's being very greedy. I'm like, maybe it's not even in Valentine. Maybe maybe that's the trick. Because no one who's going in there deserves it.
0: Maybe the vault's in all of us all along. We just need to perform an operation to remove it. Fuck! He figured
2: it out. Uh, Fra- yeah. Frank's just going to try shouting up in the tunnel. I have decided not to look for, for, for the vault because I'm not greedy, and therefore I am the one deserving of the vault. Present to me the vault.
3: Choose the Carpenter's Cup, the one that looks plain. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so the party begins climbing up into the tunnels uh, at the very bottom of South Valentine. Um, and Blood Maw, as soon as you touch it, you touch this form, the first thing from the world of forms that you've had contact with. Um, you are... What's the word I'm looking for? Your fucking mind explodes, dude.
5: <laughs> Oops. Oh.
7: You may not know it, but your entire life has already been measured in coins. Every effort, every function, from the time you spend with your eyes tightly shut, watching thin ribbons of blood press against the light, to the water in the tears you have to replace. We pack ourselves with rulers and thermometers, compasses, maps, psychrometers, barometers, pH strips hanging out of our mouths. So concerned we are about our acidity, our iron levels, if we are getting enough antioxidants to avoid those encroaching, troublesome toxins. We scribble out charts and diagrams, devour data and advice, suggestions and instructions, struggling to placate this urge to find the perfect numbers that might finally explain what we are or what we are supposed to be doing. We break ourselves down wrestling the world, trying to measure our place, our poetry, our families, our stardom, our legacies. Ghouls in expensive suits stand in swarms in deserts, shoving each other aggressively, yelling out serpentine values, hurriedly shoveling handfuls of sand into their pockets, calculatedly discussing the real estate market and how important it is to own as much land as possible. Cautiously eyeing each other, trying not to tip their hand to how invested they are in the hot grains of coarse glass pouring from the small gaps in their pocket linings, biding their time until somebody with money they don't have needs it. People have already determined how much your blood is worth, and they are doing everything they can, to come to own it.
1: Um. So you have the same experience the rest of them did when they were first hooked up to the Iron Soft as they touched the pure energy of the world of forms and they became conduits. Um, what is Bloodmaw the Invincible a conduit to?
5: Conduit of Carnage!
1: Which... <laughs> I know we, we had
3: this view. Okay. <laughs> what does that do? Uh, so... For the Conduit of Carnage, Bloodbath can choose to make an attack he hits with into a critical hit, but his target will get an opportunity attack against him should they survive the attack. Mm-hmm. So it's a very chaotic sort of move, fitting of a demon who shoots blood out of his mouth regularly to entertain people,
1: and whose whole thing is deliberately injuring himself in brutal ways for the crowd's enjoyment. Yes. Um. So you guys climb into the tunnels of South Valentine. Uh. I don't. I don't does anybody else even notice? I think Mardis with your with your perception, you notice that Blood Moss like fucking goes stock still for like five seconds as his brain is rearranged. Do you say anything, or do you just like, oh yeah, that guy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why sandwiches don't do it for me anymore.
5: <laughs> yes. Desert brain orgasms are best! (laughs) Uh,
2: Just like a question for us fighting in here, do we now have to worry about every single lowlife thug that has entered Valentine looking for this vault now being a potential conduit user that might pose us a real challenge? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Of course.
3: Bloodbott will roar in primal glory and excitement at that thought <laughs> back in
1: Valentine uh Reese oh no I don't want to no, know I want to go back to playing the fun angry guy Reese is in the car with Ugh. handsome Chris. Uh, I think you transfer the call to your like an iPad. you see Alistair uh, looking up at you very cross. Uh, she's in a bathing suit. she's like ch- looking through all the the news stuff and she's very cross. She says,
5: what is going on back there? I leave you in charge
1: and you take over some companies. I'm very happy with that I turn my back and the, 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 live streams explain yourself.
3: Well, um I mean, we're not affiliated with Aaron Aeronautics, so I mean, he's a rival company. I think maybe this is what Crown as a whole should have been focused on ultimately, but you know, the team's going out to get it, so we got it under control, just like we've gotten everything else under control while you've been gone. How's your vacation? Are my ties good <laughs> there?
1: It was going swimmingly until I received this notification.
4: I'll just forget about that. How many water slides does she go down?
1: Three! <laughs> they were just delightful what i had some chris's in the front seat like
3: dude now's the time just just tell her so reese will use her conduit of art power and she's going to create like a bedazzled gavel on it Uh that says uh best judge (laughs) and she's gonna show it to uh uh alistair and say We got this for you because you're the best judge. It's the best gavel that's ever been made. (laughs) And it's also, you know, a retirement gift for you. Oh, (laughs) Excuse me? Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like you really enjoy vacation a lot, and you don't want to deal with all the undue stress, so we figured we could, you know, give you the best send-off package possible. You know, not cut any corners. (laughs) What's the meaning of this? It's a sweet ass gavel for you to have, so you can, you know, put it up in your luxury condo over wherever you are now. We'll buy it for you, of course. Smarta. Yeah, and Smorda. We'll <laughs> buy you that condo in Smorda you've always been thinking of. Your severance package will cover it. <laughs> handsome Chris,
1: pull over immediately and get this ex-employee out of my vehicle.
3: I'm gonna give Handsome Chris a five to not do that. <laughs> a big old fiver. Uh huh.
1: And so Chris takes your five and he says, um, uh, actually, your honor, um, if you read the updates that Ed sent out in the contracts, um, we own the company now and you, you don't. So, woo!
0: That, that that was a long payoff there, but worth it. You got like a thirty-nine in that skill check, my dude. Listen, and I and I got the best. I got the best contract writers in the company to draft those clauses to make them airtight.
1: Um, uh, so Alistair says so you just expect me to take this gavel and move to a condo in Shmorida <laughs> and just leave Valentine and let you yahoos take over.
3: Yep. Bye, Felicia, and I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> 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 all right um uh, cool back
1: in valentine itself uh the party you guys have been trudging through the tunnels we cut away because there was some boring tunnel walking however in the meantime you guys have been infused with the power of the world of forms just you you get in touch with your pure form for lenora that's magnetism mm-hmm. uh frank protection um <laughs> blood mar blood Maw's carnage and part of you know ed's chassis is Synergy, mm-hmm. and all of you are healed to full health and get all of your spell slots back. Oh,
2: thank you,
4: Yay.
1: Pokemon Center.
4: Um, <clears throat> does my does my Nox Rage get ref- refilled? Yes, yes, yes.
0: I'd be curious. Uh, one of the things I was curious about, like with respect to that, is like what what does Mardis himself basically feel with respect to this? Is it just like how he normally feels day to day, or? What you know? I mean,
1: Martis mm-hmm. is Martis is himself already. He doesn't need to be a conduit because he just is already the thing. Right. But I imagine there is a feeling of like, hmm. I was gonna say comfort. That's what my my brain wanted to say. But I think maybe is Martis even is feeling even the right word anymore. I feel like he has reached a, a thing where feeling is like too low.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's I mean the i one of the whole ideas I was thinking of with respect to him becoming a form as you sort of. As you would allude, is that essentially, like, there's so many concepts regarding sensory experience, cognition, yada, 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 that are almost illogical to even talk about because it just, you know, it's a different, it's a whole different tier. It's like, the senses are more pure and perfect than normal, so...
1: Yeah, it's not even. It wouldn't even be correct to talk about them as senses. Like you feel like the Buddha in meditation. I,
0: I would say I would say that the sensation is oddly familiar, or oddly like like the sensation is oddly familiar and comforting to him in the standpoint that it feels like he is communing with his nat- the natural plane of existence that he's supposed to belong in. Right. Yeah. Because basically, as long as he's remembered being a form. He's always been in the material plane inside of this chassis so
1: yeah so this is this is the most at, at peace Mardis has felt in his memory mm-hmm. so yeah as you guys are trudging through these tunnels um, it's it's dark there is like you know hear gunfire in the distance and yelling it's almost like a riot kind of atmosphere um, you all have phones so you can kind of like light your way ahead of you but it's still pretty dark. And so it takes you a bit by surprise when one of you steps on something hard um, and you hear a crunch.
4: What about dark vision?
0: But it's but we're, dealing with, we're dealing with darkness itself, so no, your dark oh, vision will Oh, okay,
4: work. yeah, fair, got me. Unless
0: you have dark vision itself.
4: Itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. You're
1: fine. I didn't spring a trap on you. You step on something metal and you look down and you see that the floor is changing. Um, as the material world influences this formerly perfect thing it starts taking on its impurities and so Mm. what you see is that the floor which was once just a dirt tunnel is beginning to take on the shape of a mass grave of dead warforged
4: oh that's fun
1: so as you guys watch like the floor chain like morphs polymorphs almost. To take on that shape as you guys trudge through it.
4: Cool, 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 cool. I suppose that is
0: what the city was built on to begin with, wasn't it?
1: Ding, ding, ding! That's what's happening. in the In the distance, you guys hear the sounds of people dying.
4: Hmm. Well, let's.
3: I want to. S- I want to see how they're dying. Like, what's happening? <laughs> well, I mean, like, are they just spontaneously dying, or are people killing them, or what? No, it's like fights, right? Yes, it's fights. Blumaw,
1: uh, you run up ahead a little bit to look around the corner of a tunnel, and you see that the geography of this place is changing. Like, it's... This is the fucking worst thing I've ever said on this show, but it's very much like Hogwarts. Um. You know how the the Hogwarts is constantly changing inside? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's extremely 2018 to make bad Harry Potter analogies, but the the this actual city is like shifting as of all of the imperfect things about it become material. Um, So you peek around this tunnel and instead of seeing um, like the subway station or what should be here, you see an enormous room that is all one wrestling ring. And there are dead bodies just strewn about inside of it.
3: Is there a living person inside this wrestling ring? My wrestling ring?
1: there's a lot and yeah the the remaining living people are are killing other people and you know finishing off dead bodies like a fight just happened here and someone won not in my ring they're not
4: <laughs> oh god
1: uh bloodmaw you run into the ring yes um so you run out of the tunnel and into the the wrestling ring which shouldn't be here but king coliseum is an important location in south valentine it's where people go To get some escape from the real world to imagine a world in which good guys can win against evil guys and where strength and skill matter. And as you walk up to the ropes of what is like a, once again, a full sized room instead of a, just a wrestling ring, you see who just won the fight in here, um, which is a bunch of war forged in the shape of thorny devil lizard folk.
4: Uh.
1: Oh. <laughs> I liked that reaction. Uh there are four of them, and you see one of them has a enormous revolver with a burn mark on the side of it.
3: Oh, I know that dude. I wanna break him.
1: <laughs> I know that dude, I wanna break him. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so the other three, um, <laughs> Is that Mechagodzilla? <laughs> yes, it is Mechagodzilla. <laughs> it's a war forged lizard.
6: <laughs> oh, oh, there,
3: was, there was so much, so much work and tension be built into the scene, and I lost all of it the moment I saw Mechagodzilla enter the, the
2: beach. I, I just love that Austin puts this work in for like things that only are for us. Our little moment. Oh. The important thing is that all of you are enjoying yourselves. I'm going to break
3: all these Godzilla's.
1: <laughs> all right. So these these things are all the kind of young Solomon Luna form. They, they're all thorny devil lizards. Um, but instead of being 3D printed out of organics, they were built as war forged. And you also see that they all have pithing needles in their palms, which they're using to finish off the ruffians they just killed in the ring, except for the one who has... The authorization, Katarina's old revolver, which was on her when she died and fell into Solomon Luna's hands.
4: That's fucking rude.
1: Uh, so what do you guys say as you walk up? I, I assume, like, Bloodmaw just jumps over the ropes and is like, I'm going to
3: break you! Yeah, Bloodmaw, I mean, I'll let <laughs> other people say things, because Bloodmaw's running straight towards us and then stops signing somebody in the face. Like, this is a Royal rumble at this point.
2: Uh... Frank is going to uh, attempt to shout at the one that's got the uh, the gun. Where on earth did you get that?
0: You call that a gun? This. This is a gun. Let's see which one of us knows how to use it better.
1: Um, so I'm going to call the one with the gun the Ash Forged is what I'm going to call it. The, it's the Ash Forged. Uh, it's a war forge that was made out of Solomon Luna's memories and ashes. Because if you'll recall, Ash lost an arm, which had data in it that Aaron wanted to uh, study, and that ended up with Katarina. It's a whole thing. Um, Remind me, were these Warforged squishy to lightning? Um. So, so actually, normal Warforged aren't. So Ed is not.
2: Okay. Was Ed lightning squishy? Uh, Ash. I
0: I, I would assume not.
2: No.
1: Um, that's, a, I, I like where your head's at, but if you'll recall, Katerina died with part of Ash's arm on her. The other part she gave to Aaron to study because it had data in it. Um, so when Katarina died, Solomon took the arm, got the memories out of there and then did the same thing he did with Katerina, which was make Katerina Solomon hybrids. This is a Solomon Ash hybrid. All of them have Ash's pithing needle arms. And he gave the pistol to one of uh, the revolver to one of them. Are there any questions about this plot development?
3: Can I no. Can I break the one's face with my stop sign, please?
1: Yes, you can absolutely break the one's face. Was there... Someone asked a question. I think, Frank, you asked where they got the pistol from, right? Where
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was asking in character just in a sort of like, yeah, are, are you likely to respond to me or are you just going to ignore that I've questioned?
6: The Ashforge responds to you and it says, There is always a chance that you would kill Luna. The algorithm allowed for that and we were sent ahead. It was lucky that Aaron brought Luna in on his experiment.
2: Well, what about the uh, potentiality that we also kick your ass here? You think about that bit?
6: The algorithm cannot predict where the bullets will land, only what choices you'll make.
2: Well, I'll make it- a- predict
5: where the
3: stop sign goes! I rolled a crit. <laughs> All right, so you- Do you
1: want to hit the one with the gun? Yes. All right, so- Oh, you rolled a crit.
0: Oh yeah. my yeah. god damn, dude. Roll double damage dice. Do it. Uh, Do it.
3: So I didn't rage in, in before this, but I will still deal 16 damage.
1: All right, you just crack the ash forged across the face with the stop sign. Roll initiative, everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> initiative time. Six.
1: Uh, 28.
2: Crit fail. Uh, 10.
1: Uh, so, Mardis, you're first. You're fighting. F- there's four... Warforge, just like Ed, with the memories of the person who almost killed him several times.
0: Hmm. I guess what I'll do is, uh, gun is already drawn, so we'll use a minor, uh, uh we'll use a bonus action to slap a uh, hunter's mark on the forge that has been hit already by Blood Mm
2: hmm.
0: Line up and take a shot against it since I'm acting before it has a chance to act. I get advantage in the attack roll. Uh, 24. Yep. Alright, that'll be four D six plus six damage, twenty-three damage. Yikes. Yeah, he's just like, yo, know, like he like the gun is sort of like down by his side, just lifts it up and just like pulls the trigger immediately. And that's the opener for for Martis there.
1: Alright, it is now enemy's turn. Um so basically what happens is the these four warforge were just killing off a bunch of people who came here for whatever's in the vault. They saw you rolling in, (laughs) Bloodmaw ran up and just started wailing on people. And then without saying much of anything, you just shot him in the head. Um, As a response, the Ashforged with the gun is going to activate his conduit power, the Conduit of Cruelty. The inverse of the conduit of mercy that Ash had. Well, well, the conduit of coo- the conduit of coolity. The- what is it what it Oh. Um yeah. all right uh, which is he can make an attack when he makes an attack, he can make an attack against all of his enemies. So attack
4: Oh, that bitch.
1: Uh ten against everybody.
2: Suck, it didn't hit. That's a miss.
1: That's a miss against everybody. Um, So, yeah, he does like a a fanning the the hammer on the authorization revolver as he shoots everybody in a quick uh, flurry. But you guys either tank it through your armor or it misses. Um, And then the other two are going to rush forward and start stabbing Blood Maw. Blood Maw 13, 18, Botch. 18 will hit. All right. So the 18 is going to do uh, five damage and the Botch is going to open himself up to an attack. So you can attack him.
3: Sweet. Uh, 19. Hit. Fuck yeah. Just you wait till I start raging too. Seven damage. All right. So you just, you wail on another one
1: and it is, my notes are bad. It is Blood Maw's turn. Blood Maw, one of the guys just ran forward with his, you know, palm pithing needle and tried to stab you and you just wailed on him. And now you can hit him again if you want.
3: I could, or I could hit the one with the gun. Mm Mm-hmm. I really want to hit the one with the gun He's, he, he brought such a coward's weapon to this To fist fight and stop sign fight so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he brought it to this fight Not the other way around
3: Exactly uh, So I'm going to use a bonus action To go into a rage And then I and You know what, it's stupid to do the reckless attack So I'm just going to go with two attacks On to the guy with the gun To the ash forged so 17 and 12 17 hits i'm gonna turn that one into a crit let's 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 carnage this shit up so i'm gonna turn that one into a crit Mm -hmm. and if he survives then he'll get to do uh his attack against me then i'm gonna so i have one feature as well that lets me re-roll a weapon damage dice if i don't like it and i don't like that too (laughs) so i'm gonna re-roll that Yeah, that's better. So that's going to be 22 instead. 22 damage.
1: All right. So you bring down the concrete end of the stop sign on top of the ash forged head, crushing it down into his torso. Um, And with the last life inside of this automaton, it tosses the gun to another ash forged. I like crunch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Frank, it's your turn. There are three ash forged left.
2: Okay. um, are they all within about five feet of each other?
1: Yeah, the main brawl is happening in the center of this wrestling ring that shouldn't be here.
2: Okay, I want to try and aim a lightning bolt so that it's 100 foot by 5 foot line gets the three, the three ash forged and not any of our party, ideally.
1: Yeah, so you can hit, let's say you can hit two or you can hit three and blood maw.
2: Okay, let's go two, let's go two.
1: All right, so they made dexterity saving throw?
2: Yep, dex save. Nineteen. Uh, Well, then that's uh, half damage, I suppose. Uh, Okay, 33 was the roll, so you you take half of that.
3: 16.
2: Yeah, 16. The one time I actually get a good roll on that lightning.
1: (laughs) Two of them take 16 damage, which is actually really bad. Uh, So they take, uh, you know, a bunch of burns and they are seriously injured. Um, And it is Lenora's turn.
4: I want to rage. I'm going to rage, first of all. And then I'm going to use my magnetism power to take the gun, hopefully. All right. 21 with advantage. Jesus. 11. Give me that gun.
1: All right. So you yank the authorization out of the Ashford's hands and it flies over to you.
4: Yeah, mine now.
1: All right. That's cool. What do you do with it? Uh, can I shoot him? Y- you sure can.
4: Uh, what do I roll to shoot?
1: Dexterity plus proficiency plus three. Okay. All right,
0: that is... Plus three magic weapon there, huh?
1: Yeah, it has been upgraded off screen by Solomon, who put all of his hopes on this team getting to the vault. 22.
0: It's 2d8 damage. Um, So in this case, the damage would be 2d8 plus dexterity plus three for the damage.
4: 16.
1: (laughs) Lenora, you suck the gun out of one of the Ashford's hands. It flies into your palm. You just turn it around and you blow his head clean off. Nice. That was one of the ones that Frank hit with the lightning
3: bolt. So. Bloodbot gives you an approving thumbs up. Thanks, buddy. All right,
0: right, little Nora's got a gun. That went well last time. I thought you said no guns.
4: Listen here. <laughs>
0: it's called
4: growth. Is this growth? <laughs>
1: Mardis, it's your turn.
0: The one, the uh, the one, the first one with the gun that he had sort of marked as already dead, right? Correct. Alright, so he's gonna use his bonus action to relocate the mark onto one of the remaining. Two that are standing, or three that are standing? Two.
1: One is badly burned by the lightning, and one is not.
0: Uh, well, he's gonna relocate it to the one with the lightning. Line up and take a shot at it. There's no one adjacent to it, so, um, but is a crit anyway. Oh my lord. Uh, so that's gonna be that's still gonna be six d six plus six.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Thirty
0: three damage. Why don't you tell me what happens? Um, like it's one of those. It's um. You ever play Killer Seven? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Okay, so just like the idea of like, like since Mardis, as fans of season three might remember, was one of the first people to use guns. Like, while he does not have the benefit of having the extra pay- of guns, the fact that he's sort of been forced to kind of be in this situation has allowed him to get back to sort of his natural self. So I just sort of he sees one go down. He sees one hit by lightning. He just sort of, like, aims the gun over, glances, and just pulls the trigger, like, as if it's nothing. As the bullet just slams straight into the face of the Ashbot, and it just falls over um, with with a grand spark arcing from its face, where the bullet impacts.
1: All right, there is only one left in this wrestling ring, and it retracts its pithing needle and says,
6: Is this really what you want? To snuff out the last chance of a world with gods.
3: If it's my turn, I'm attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfectly legitimate answer to that question. I, I'm leaving space for other people to say anything, but as Blood Maw, it's it's suplex city time.
0: I I I would I'll like Martus can reply If the type of god you want to keep is the one that Solomon was based on, that's a god that's better off dead.
6: I don't know what's in the vault, but Aaron promised that I could bring back an era of gods.
0: Then it better be brought back by someone who knows what the gods were really like. And it's certainly not you.
6: So I was right all along. You just needed a little push. I knew you would save us all, Ed.
0: Ed is dead for now. I want to bring him back. And if if I can bring him back... By whatever's in that vault. And I'm gonna do it. But right now, you're in my way. And I think someone's got something to say to you. And then there's the finger guns over the blood maw. Crunch city, bitch! Crunch, crunch (laughs) city, bitch!
3: And I'm going to...
4: I thought I was gonna imagine it like that uh, picture with Henry Cavill and fucking Jason Momoa.
3: Where he's like... (laughs) Well, the first one's gonna be a crit. I'm using Reckless Attack, by the way. So, the first one's a crit. And I'm going to use... The Conduit of Cardish on the second one to do a double crit. Alright, so I'm... I'm, Alright, well, I want to roll the damage for this, just for shits and giggles. Okay. It's 36. And, you know what? I don't like one of those threes, so I'm going to re-roll that one into something (laughs) better. Uh (laughs) So it's an 11 now. It's a uh, 44 instead. (laughs) And I'm going to... I'm going to basically, like slam him like crunch him a little bit with the end of the stop sign and then I'm gonna drop the stop sign pick him up over my shoulders actually no I'm gonna choke slam him instead so I'm gonna grab his throat and I'm just gonna like squeeze it like it's crunching like a like a can and I'm gonna lift him up and choke slam him into the ground and when he hits the ground of the mat he just explodes <laughs> okay <laughs> and then blood Mob will raise his hands up and then bring them down and fire will shoot out of the uh <laughs> the ring posts <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then he will say to the corpse, Welcome to Crunch City. Alright,
1: so you've killed the last person in the wrestling arena. You still hear fighting behind you and in the distance. Um, there's like the double doors outside of the arena that weren't there before you killed these Ash Forged, which is weird. Um, but you still you can hear the sound of fighting on the other side of the door. I mean more blood
3: for the blood god. So I'm going to check it out.
2: Yeah, let's open the door.
3: By the way, Blood God's me. When I say that, I'm referring to Blood Maw. Okay. Uh, so uh,
1: p- people start leaving the, uh, the 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 ring to go open the doors. As you do, um, the last person out, Mardis, uh you hear a voice from one of the Ashforged, who was who's not quite dead, and it, you hear it kind of
6: whisper. I'm sorry. Ed, what are you sorry for
1: before it can answer uh the last the last life goes out of it, and it is still
0: yeah, I'm sorry too, but I'll try to make it I'll try to make it right for the both of us, for all three of us.
1: The party opens the double doors outside of the ring, and you find yourself um looking down an alleyway. Like a a dark, dank alleyway in the slums of South Valentine that should not be here.
2: Are we going to the Oak and Holly? All right, proceed down down the alleyway.
1: All right, so you guys start walking down this uh, dank alleyway, and there's just, like, garbage and, like... How dank is this alleyway? It's extremely dank 420.
3: I'm dabbing all the way down the alleyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Blood Maw, let's just say it's assumed that anytime Blood Maw is not speaking, he's dabbing furiously.
3: Or eating. Or eating and dabbing.
2: Or eating blunts. Yep. That's,
1: okay. Um, so you guys walk down this dark alleyway, and it, this you've never been in this part of the city. It's probably not even a real part of the city. It just represents part of this city. Um, and as you a- exit the alleyway, instead of going onto, like, the street where alleyways normally go to, you end up in the middle of the dance floor of the Oak and Holly Nightclub.
4: <laughs> I knew it.
1: And the you know the the club is pumping. And there's like strobing lights and it's it's like popping off as if it's the middle of a very busy night, but there's only one person on the dance floor. Who it be? Private Fortune.
4: Ah, oh, I, f- I didn't know it, but I should have known it.
1: He has a rocket launcher.
4: <laughs> I' be like
7: yes do you believe it's morning I'm alive but that's the last thing on my mind do you believe it's morning I'm alive but that's the last thing on my mind
6: huh. I see them in the streets struggling, young, dumb, and thugging, give a fuck about nothing. Stuck at rock bottom, trying
4: to come up on something. Pumping from- Lauren. Sun, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> credits. Love to credit. August 2018. God damn, it's already more than halfway through the year. What the fuck? You're welcome. Please know.
1: I did it. I'm taking credit. Also, credits. Music. For August 2018. We have a overclocked remix, Geofractura, an arrangement of Fault Zone from Echo the Dolphin, The Tides of Time. I
4: love we,
1: Echo the Dolphin. I do love Echo the Dolphin too. It's so
4: hard. It's
1: Im- impossible, actually. Uh, also, Cream Phonics remix mm. by the Wu Tang Clan, and Back in the Game, the Phonics remix by the Wu Tang Clan. Of course, everyone knows this season's all about the cash, and now it's almost over. We're at the end. Are you excited?
4: I'm, I'm excited. Like every season, it's like, oh, this is too much. Time for casual laughing with buds for the first couple episodes. But mm-hmm. I also miss uh, my characters at the end of every season. So it's like mm-hmm. bittersweet.
1: Lenora is very good. V- uh, very, it's yes, your most OC of OCs, but also the highest body count. So I'm keeping an eye on you.
4: I'm not, no, I'm just a marshmallow. Uh
1: Uh-huh. All right, executive producers for August. It's a weird month, A, because Patreon had a bunch of updates and stuff, and a bunch of the credit cards got canceled, so if you're not on the list, I apologize. Fuck
4: you, Patreon.
1: (laughs) Uh, I promise, it was not my fault, but I have the list they have garnished me with. It's also an alphabetical order for the first time that I'm aware of, so that's another fun little wrinkle. Um, You want to start reading them?
4: Executive producers for August 2018 are A Flaming Horses Petute,
1: <laughs> Aki Savalainen,
4: Albert West,
1: Andrew Birmingham,
4: Andrew Fallu, Conduit of Mediocrity Itself,
1: Andrew Grothan. Anna, Anna Michael,
4: Anthony Sever,
1: Arjuna Koning,
4: Arna Huggledo, dear.
1: Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Bristol,
4: August Rue,
1: Bloody Roar needs pangolins. It does.
4: I also need pangolins. <laughs> Brady Warner, <laughs>
1: fuck Brent. According to all law- known laws of aviation, there is no way a B, and then it cuts off because you ran out of characters. You sadistic bastard!
4: <laughs> I want to know what the B can't do. It's
1: the it's the it's, the, it's the script of B movie. It's the first line of oh, the script of I've B movie. I've never
4: seen that, and I will continue to do that.
1: Okay, continuing.
4: Cameron Abbas,
1: <laughs> Carter Rayner,
4: Christopher Charlow,
1: Cody Jackson,
4: Counterfeit,
1: Daniel Stashik. Don. Dennis Bangston
4: Ten- Dennis Pancake Detlefson.
1: Devin Smith.
4: Douglas Williamson.
1: Dr. Tao.
4: Dr. Goatman. There's
1: a lot of doctors. we <laughs> have got a very well read. Some of, some of our listeners are geniuses and some of them love B-movie.
4: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. getting Brent.
1: <laughs> Dylan.
4: Uh, Einar Johansen Ecorin Elderly Goose.
1: Eleanor Nanante sees Periton. Aline. No, it's
4: Aline! Aline! Aline!
1: Andy Govandane.
4: Erwan Lilagadic.
1: I think that, that sounds like a hero from Celtish folklore.
4: It does. Exos. Exilaris.
1: Five Purple Wands.
4: Florian H.
1: As you got to say Florian H. Finger guns, finger guns, finger guns. You got to hear the finger guns.
4: I'm getting so dunked on this morning. I did not even <laughs> fuck anything up, I don't think yet. <laughs>
1: Francois V.
4: Garrett.
1: Grimlock.
4: Harley Astor.
1: Harrison and Andrew.
4: Hedron Master.
1: Hustle Bones.
4: I'm a pretty kitty full of snuggles and violence.
1: <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah. Ingmar Gremmen.
4: I honest Soy My Name. Love it. Nicolopoulos.
1: Isaac Arevalo.
4: Jack Klo. Cl- like the Klo cards?
1: Jadakins. And then a ASCII picture That's of a, a Dick.
2: Dick. <laughs>
4: It still got
1: me somehow.
4: (laughs) James Neely.
1: Janiac, form of tripping your face off.
4: Wow, big mood. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Singh.
1: J. Logan, conduit of queerness itself.
4: Mm. Jeff Clark.
1: Jerry, herself.
4: Jesse Young.
1: Joaquin Groening.
4: John Potts.
1: John Barnett.
4: Joseph Tombrello.
1: Josh Mosier.
4: Joy Fox.
1: Juman Jack.
4: Julian Phillips.
1: Junk 2.0, just,
4: just the jester,
1: Justin Berthesel. conduit of ooh ooh itself.
4: <laughs> That's <a big> same. <laughs> now, that That
1: p- totally puts to bed the theory that it's supposed to be a face. Because how would I pronounce it if it was a face? It's ooh ooh. Ooh.
4: <laughs> it's a face and an emotion. Uh huh. Jorgen. conduit of name butchering. Winework Ford.
1: Caster UK. For Lowe. Ken Fursell.
4: Kevin Dobbins.
1: Killer Cotton Shizno. Kitty Fo, Criterion.
4: Lana Seawolf.
1: Last Cruz.
4: Levy, the young continent of not mad, just disappointed.
1: Oh, oh we've all been there. Yeah. Lindsay Pankhurst.
4: Lauren Cates.
1: Luke Powers.
4: Mm, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at that and you said
1: M-Joe and not M-Joe as if it was the initial th- first name.
4: <laughs> I thought it would be funny.
1: Oh, Madison Lilith McKenzie.
4: Major Tim.
1: A Cult of Orphanacs.
4: Matthew B. Hare. Matthew Weber. Matthew Lackett. Majin. Melissa Booker. Melissa Nielsen. Malteesh. Marissa Donaldson. Michael Hall.
1: Miko from Finland.
4: Morgan Rapp.
1: Nicholas Dominic.
4: Uh, Niels. June I, Ina Joret. I'm so sorry.
1: Noah Sudret,
4: Notorious Stoltz.
1: Paul Mullen.
4: Possum Kingdom refugee. Come to my house.
1: No, we need to go to the Possum Kingdom.
4: That's true. I do love the Possum. But why are they refugees? Is it a terrible kingdom?
1: It's just it's too much food.
4: Oh, they <laughs> love their garbage. Uh,
1: Primordial Orc.
4: Pruitt Holcomb. Puck. Quench the Void.
1: Random Web Person.
4: Razumi Yazura.
1: Rainier, the conduit of being stoned.
4: No, it's me. Robert Dakin.
1: <laughs> Ryan Brown.
4: Salad Child.
1: <laughs> Samantha is meing in Tallahassee Rain. I don't know. I don't know what that
4: means. Samantha, are you here? What are you doing? Oh no. Samantha. Seraph Stone.
1: Scott Cummings.
4: Scotty Vilhard.
1: Sean Lyons-Burke.
4: Sean, the host of Dunk Plays.
1: Savard and Akrasamova.
4: Starlight Glamour did nothing wrong.
1: Stay tuned.
4: Sweaty Cucumber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little status update on the cucumber. Sydney Marzing.
4: The cast of Dungeons the Gathering.
1: The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Podcast Credits Edition. See, they said they've ported it to every platform, but now it's true. It wasn't true until it was in the podcast credits. Oh. Thank you.
4: Oh no, the ghost of Professor Blackwood.
1: You, don't, you know I had to do it to him. The Hadzals.
4: The Most Wise Guru. <laughs> Paladin's Wife. Toby Gleason stack Toshir Kuru. Shayness. Vigar Arnston. Victoria Melito. Vizzy Huggles. Wayne Hodgins. Birthday July 30th. Dang, happy <laughs> birthday, bro. Just
1: snuck a little birthday wish in there for yourself. That's fun. Ziphyceris. Yam. Z. 23,619. You didn't like the way I did it last time. How did you like it that time?
4: Jean Valjean's number in Les Mis is 2. No, wait. I thought it was... Never mind.
1: Oh, no. You thought you had a reference and it's not the right reference.
4: Oh, God. No, my brain did it bad.
1: I literally thought this... Now that we're far enough into it, I can reveal. I thought this was going to be the Les Mis season. I literally thought that there was just going to be like barricades in the street at some point.
4: Did you hear the Sneeple sing?
1: yeah yeah um all right what else do we do with this part
4: we talk about animals
1: oh no skitch dot band comp camp
4: yeah Sketch dot band comp band comp camp. band comp, comp. Moms. <laughs> i can't word
1: uh-huh chris larios at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap that's where he weekly manga recaps uh laura kotaku.co.uk lauren Rargolicious on twitter Oh, it's
4: me that
1: is you i am patreon.com slash austin um, as I said, Patreon's being weird, so it, help, please help, I'm dying. We're all dying, but dying. I'm double dying now because the website did bad. Um, What else? Anywhere on Podbean, Google Play, YouTube, we're probably places I don't even know, but if you just do the things that you're allowed to do there, just click all around, just just click on stuff, see what feels right, I don't know, algorithms?
4: Yeah, love to click.
1: You gotta click, really. Um, That's it, right?
4: Yeah, thanks to all the cats and dogs listening. Mhm. love you guys
1: i met a new cat recently
4: yeah you're like obsessed with her and you hate my cats all of a sudden
1: her name's penelope and she's a princess and your cats are goblins
4: fuck off
1: your cats are goblins penelope is a perfect lady a princess a queen i stand for this queen
4: you're a
6: goblin
7: got you in bed with a goblin kissing goblins kissing goblins goblin vomit